I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I hope you all had a good weekend as we move into the Christmas season. And this week, we are going to continue the friends and family theme. And as I prefaced in last week's episode with my sister, we convinced my dad to get on the podcast. So I have my dad say hello. Hi there. Hi, everybody. (laughs) To the thousands of you watching. (laughs) And listening. So listening. Yes. So I have my dad on the podcast and he has a really cool story. As I've mentioned on some previous episodes, he's just been someone that has created a lot of really good relationships in his life, has had tremendous success in his career. And he's someone that a lot of people look up to in his industry. And even some of my close friends, I know Chloe has looked up to him and gone to him for advice. So I thought, why not have him on this podcast And he's been in medical sales for 20 or 30 years now, and he was a teacher previously. So I'm going to turn it over to him to do a little bit more of an introduction, and then we'll go from there. So dad, introduce yourself. Who are you? Hi, I'm Aaron's dad. I'm Abraham (laughs) L. Groves. I'm the proud father of Aaron. I also (laughs) am the proud father of my daughter, Olivia, and my son, Mason. And I'm married to uh, Aaron's mom, Marie. We've been married now for 27 years, and we're looking forward to our 28th anniversary here coming up. We have, we live in the Fort Mill, South Carolina area. And, you know, as Aaron mentioned, uh, I, I graduated from Bluffton College in 1980 and taught school for two years. And after, um, I was rift in the public school system. I went into sales and uh, my first sales job was selling cable TV door to door in a 12 year old market back then in the Cleveland, Akron, Canton area. And I loved it. Um, I'm a people person. Uh, I love the interaction with everybody on the street, uh, in the coffee shops and in the, deli shops. So uh, it, it was a great experience for me. Um, I then, through a friend, got into medical sales with a company called Picker International. And at that point, uh, I was uh, trained in, uh, in, Cincinnati, or in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was responsible for the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, Western uh, Ohio, part of Indiana, territory for Picker International, and I was based primarily, uh, I lived in the uh, Cincinnati area, uh, Fairfield, and then in in Middletown, and um, was with them for about almost five years, Uh, had a very successful career there, developed a lot of great relationships, Um, and from there, I, I parlayed that, again, through a friend who I trained uh, with Picker six months into into his into my career, I became a, a field sales trainer and 
one of my pupils that I trained, uh, one of the reps was a guy by the name of Ed Denton. And he and I have become extremely close friends. He was actually the best man at uh, Marie and I's wedding. And so we have been best friends since 1983. Uh, uh, I think I think I trained him end of September, part of October for about four weeks. And um, then um, ever since then, we became we became really good friends. And then he left Picker International, went to work for a company called Cordis Corporation and um, uh, decided to make the jump and and try to get me to come over and. Um, Go to work for them and finally after a couple different phone calls uh, the timing was right and i jumped over and went to work for cordis corporation which i worked for them for almost 25 years um, again still in medical sales primarily i moved from the radiology cardiology almost exclusively into cardiology sales and um, i was very fortunate that i got on the ground floor, thanks to Ed, and worked my way um, into the position where I was the uh, sales manager or the sales, sales rep for that territory, which covered um, central uh, Ohio, southern Ohio, northern Kentucky, parts of Indiana. It almost mimicked my picker uh, um territory and then uh, parts of West Virginia and Kentucky or West part of West Virginia. I was also already in Northern Kentucky. So uh, I did that, uh, had a very successful career there with them. And then once um, uh, Johnson and Johnson made the decision um, to get out of the cardiology stent market, I was looking for a, for a job. And at that time, Aaron and all three of the kids were still in, still in middle school, high school. So, um, I was able to, uh, secure a job again through my relationship with, uh, with Ed Denton and went to work for Medtronic and was the Medtronic uh, cardiology sales rep that covered primarily just central Ohio, the Columbus uh, market, um, east and west across the middle part of the state. So, um, and I did that for almost nine years. And um, most more recently, I left Medtronic a couple years ago and went to work again <laughs> because of my buddy Ed and to a startup called uh, Therox, who once we got FDA approval on our device, we got uh, purchased by Zoll. So I'm working right now for, uh, for them in the um, Michigan, Ohio, West Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina territories. So that's, that's a nutshell <laughs> of, uh, where I'm at and, and what my career is right now. And this is something that my dad 
is really good friends with Steve Jacoby, who was on a previous episode. And this was something that Steve touched on a little bit. But as my dad mentioned multiple times, the power of relationships, getting you promotions and getting you new jobs. And that was something that my dad was known for in his business and something that Steve and all of his friends knew him for and is something that he was really good at. So dad, for all of those people out there listening, when you made that switch from being a teacher into medical sales, how did your skill sets, if any, transfer into sales? And how did you start to build those relationships going from one job into a completely different industry and tips for people out there? You know, that's a great question, uh, Aaron. And, and I've actually been asked that before. And, and I think the answer that I gave um, uh, to that question before was, I think a, a, an educator is the perfect person for sales because we have to go through and, and do lesson plans and we have to, we have to take our curriculum and, and we have varying degrees of talent, I'll say in, in, in each classroom, you know, I taught, I taught art uh, and I taught government and I taught uh, American history. So, that's my that was my degree it was in art education a secondary in uh history and and um u.s government so i i had a, a wide variety of students in each one of those classes and my job as an educator was to get the best out of each of those kids in the classroom and so you come up with an overall plan but then you also have to focus in on those kids who are above and below to try and bring them up to keep them in, in, uh, involved and excited about what you're doing so that, that they don't become a distraction and that you're helping them become a better, either an artist or a better, you know, interest in, in history or in government. And so same thing in sales, you're going to be all kinds of people from all walks of life and you've got to make it interesting for them. Um, you know, and, so I think it's a great stepping stone uh, into sales because there's so much that, that, that you take from your, your degree in education uh, in, into the field of sales. You have to be a people person. I mean, you're out there, you know, you're out there as a sales rep every day, you know, by yourself. Um, and I like that. I like, I like the, the, the creativity of being out there by yourself and just, you know, working toward one, toward your goal, which most salespeople, it's sales, it's dollars, right? And, and that's how we get rewarded is the better we do, the, the more money we make. But I, I look at it, I've always looked at it as I'm just trying to be a better, a better person, know a little bit more about my customers every time I'm in front of them and build on that. Um, I've never been the, the type of sales rep that uh, goes in and tries to get the kill right away uh, or get the sale right away. I, I'm, I'm a very slow, I build the relationships first because I, I, whatever I do when I meet these people, I want them to always, you know, have a good impression of me, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So I always tried to treat them with respect and nine out of 10 times I was treated with respect. Um, but you know, there's always that 10% of the people out there, but again, 
I knew that I was, I always was prepared for that. And, uh, you know, I always tried to do my best and, and, and left them with a positive message when I left their office or left their lab that, Hey, you know, remembered who I was and, and what, and I was there t- today. And even if it was just, you know, I brought, you know, smile their face or talk to Ohio state sports or whatever, um, or brought them a free lunch, whatever, whatever it was, try to make their day a little bit better knowing that I, you know, I was in there. So, um, and then just build it from there. Um, you know, I never, I never oversell my product uh, or products. Um, I give them the good, the bad, and the ugly um, about the product. And hopefully we can come to some sort of an agreement that this is perfect f- for them. So for people that are getting into sales, and this is something that I see a lot in my industry now, and there's a lot of people out there who I feel like go into sales with the wrong mindset. And I think it's something that my dad did really well of, of I'm going to try to win the relationship and then I'll win the sale instead of trying to win the sale and then the relationship. So for people out there, and I don't think this is just specific to if you're in corporate sales. I think this building relationships is something that you need in all aspects of your life. If you're going out there and starting a new business, I know we focus a lot on entrepreneurship or even in your personal life. So dad, what are things that you've done outside of just, I think a lot of it is in your nature and having faith-based, being faith-based, but are there certain things that you made an intention to do or certain pieces of advice that you would give for people out there who are really trying to build those relationships and just need advice on little things they can do to cultivate and create those in both work and their personal life? I I think the, I think the main thing there is you've got to be, you got to be you. You can't, you've got to be real. You can't be fake. People can spot a fake person a mile away, especially in sales. A lot of these people that you're calling on have had, you know, a lot of different people come through them and they read you the same way. And, you know, they're taking classes on how to overcome, you know, what, what to look, what to look for when this particular salesperson's coming in with this sales tactic and that they, you know, they have that. So I think that if you're, if, if you can prove to them that you're truly concerned about working with them in a true partnership, that's key. Okay. And that, uh, you know, you're not always going to win. Okay. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, and that's why I think I've been so successful is because the company wants you to do this. You know, they, they're, they're the black and the white of it. When trying to, I always say to myself is I'm trying to take what the company wants and what the customer wants and trying to get it into a nice color of gray. And the, the more that I do that, the more successful I am. So, you know, you've got what your company wants you to do. And then the customer's got their bosses telling them that we can't spend this much money than that. So you got to try and come up with a, with a way that you can meet in the middle. And that's what, what I've always tried to do. I've also had, you know, very good managers early in my career. And if there's any anything that I can say to to, to to those of you and to Chloe, you got if you can get with a with with a manager who's been around, who's been a successful sales rep, who's going into management, been in management for a while, and who's had a successful 
career of, of, of training and promoting uh, people from within the organization, that's an ideal situation to, uh, to become involved in. I mean, I, I've had some very good managers early in my career. Um, I'm on my 54th manager currently in my career. Um, and my medical sales career started in 1983. So as you can see, I've been I've been doing this for 38 years now, going on um, 39 years, right? Yeah. So um, the, the the thing is, is if if you if if they show you, they treat you properly, uh, and, and and that you can you can build on that. So. You made a really good point too around what the company wants and what your customer wants. And I think there's always a struggle, again, whether you're in corporate or you're not, of there's certain achievements or certain goals that your manager or boss wants you to hit. And I think that's where a lot of people make the mistake of not being true to who they are or being me oriented versus other oriented because they have that fear of, am I going to get in trouble? Or what if I don't hit this number? Or what if I do that? So they're going after the kind of quote unquote easy fix. So elaborate more on how you kept that balance between the top down pressure that we see a lot in corporate sales and really putting your customer first and being other oriented versus me oriented. And I think that goes with starting, starting building the blocks with the relationships and, and uh, proving to them that you're not, you're here for the long haul. Okay. So 39 year career, I've been with three companies, a four, almost five year career, a 25 year career. And then uh, nine-year career, all right? So if you're looking at it from 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 that standpoint, I've been, you know, I've been pretty involved uh, and doing it the right way and building slowly, working your way up and in, in uh, with the customer, building that rapport with them, getting them to believe in you. And then once you do that, you get a few small wins and, and, you know, they, they, you know, the, the smaller wins get to be the next time it's a little bigger win and, uh, you know, and it just keeps building on from there. So normally when you start with a company, you, you know, you a lot of times your, your forecast or your quota, whatever you want to call it is, is pretty reasonable and they give you the opportunity to, um, um, to, you know, to start your career off correctly uh, on a good foot. And, you know, I, I'm very proud to say that I've only had three years in my career where I have not hit my year-end number um, to the point where I was not in like in a 90% to plan number or above. I only had one year in my career where I actually sold less the year before than I did the previous year. So, um Again, just small building blocks and add more building blocks. And um, the relationships are, are huge, plus the follow-up. I mean, you know, once you once you get that, you close that sale, you get, you know, um, that first order, the follow-up. I think that's the toughest thing is once you get it, a lot of people think, okay, now I can move on, on to this particular sale. I, I didn't take it that way. I spent probably 
twice as much time after the sale with the customer, making sure everything was correct, everything was working out because I wanted to build on that to get to the next uh, next uh, the next block. Um, and what happened was um, the one time I didn't do that um, where I, I worked my butt off to get this huge deal at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in, Co- in Covington, Kentucky. And the guy that ran the cath lab was a mil- ex-military. Um, and he, I worked almost 18 months to get this deal done. And uh, the deal closed. Uh, I got the sale. I got the initial order. Um, and I didn't do that. I didn't follow up and spend the the amount of time that I needed to. So guess what happened, Aaron? About three months into this, I lost a contract. And, you know, I knew what had happened. I knew why I lost it. And um, what hurt me was I had spent so much time building this relationship up with uh, with Mr. Allen that I you know, being ex-military, I knew what I had to do. And, I, and then I let my I, I, I let down because I had two or three other big deals closed the same time. So I should have prioritized. But, you know, Zeb Allen put me in my place and he said, look, he said, um, you didn't give me the support you promised me. And I trusted you. And he said, so I'm taking the contract away from you in 30 days. This is the 30 day out clause in the contract. And he said, and, and, and I'm really disappointed in you. I want to tell you that hurt so much to me because I had worked so hard and not only that I'd lost a contract, but what hurt me more was that he lost faith in me. And you, I mean, as a sales rep, that's the last thing you want to have happen. So Needless to say, uh, you know, I went in, took my, took my beating, came back. Uh, I worked extra, extra hard. I went above and beyond the call of duty. And in about 18, almost another year after that, I was awarded the contract again. And um, until I left the company, I never, ever uh, lost that deal. Um, I, the, the amount of hours that I spent on the weekends and at night, um, building back the relationship that I had once built. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. It, it was worth it. It was, it was one of those life lessons that you learn in sales. And fortunately for me, I was able to, uh, overcome it and get back in. Um, you know, I, I don't like losing, but I really don't like losing because I didn't do my job. And, um, and so that's, you know, um, that's just, that was a lesson that I learned and I've never forgotten that. And I think that a lot of people, especially, you know, the service part of it on the backside is so important, even if it's just a follow-up phone call every you know, every week or every month saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to make sure all my, all my people or sending somebody, you know, going and meeting them for lunch or something. So just so they know that you're still interested in, you're still concerned about them. And, um, to this day, uh, I still have many friends who, uh, were customers of mine back in, 
you know, in the eighties and the nineties that, uh, you know, are, are still friends of mine. We still, we still talk, we still, uh, send text messages to one another. So, um, that's very gratifying. You mentioned one thing about making mistakes and how you overcome them. We talk a lot about fear and having failures on this podcast for people out there listening. What pieces of advice would you give them? You just touched on how, when you lost that deal, it was a learning lesson and you never did that again. Were there other times in your career that you had failures? If the answer is yes, what did you do after that to A, learn from that experience and B, ensure that those things never happened ever again? Well, you have to accept the fact that you're not going to win every deal. And once, or you know, you're, or every conversion. And, and But the thing that, the thing that I I found out that that um, in those in those times where you don't win or you, you I would always go back and try and figure out what it was what was the one thing that that separated my competitor from me in this particular deal and so when you do that when you when you sit down and say okay what did you know what did I'm just going to throw a name. What did Sam do here that I didn't do? You know, did he, did he cover all of his bases? You know, I know he's got great relationships with this doctor, this doctor, this administrator, this administrator, that administrator. I have great relationships. I think with all of these people, what is it that he did or she did that, that got them the sale that in which I wasn't able to do. And, and when you do that and you're truthful with yourself and you really want to find the answer to make yourself a better rep, you're going to find out that maybe you didn't cover this particular person as well. And that particular person was more of a decision maker than what you had envisioned and or he or she maybe was not happy with the fact that you also we're talking with this particular person, uh, maybe at a different location. So I found those things out and I tried to correct those. Some of them you can't correct because it's just, it's just part of the business. You know, I mean, you know, it's very competitive out there in, in, in the medical industry in the hospital. So, you know, I have hospitals that I have to call on and they are competitors to one another. So I try and, and make that as fair uh, as possible. I don't try and use one over the other because that's never, you're never going to win in the long run with that. And, you know, I treat everybody, I try to treat everybody fairly. So, um, you know, I think that the, the, the other thing that I do is I never, ever talked badly about my competitors. Um, I figured my job was to tell to the, to, to the buyer about what my product can and can't do, what I can and can't do. I never got into the weeds about talking about negatively about my competitor. Um, even if it was another hospital system, I never talked, you know, like so-and-so does this, why aren't you guys doing it? I never did that because all of these people are highly educated. All these people that work in the medical field, especially the physicians, you know, they know everything that's going on in the, in the area. So I never tried to badmouth my competitors. Um, and by not doing that, by not getting down into the swamp like, like they sometimes do talking badly about me. 
um, that helped elevate me in, in the eyes of the customer. And um, I just never played that played that game. Um, and I think that's that's something that that's that's a very valuable lesson is that only talk about yourself, your product, and what you and your product can do for, for them, for your customer, and make it a win-win situation. So um, I think that's another key uh, key point that, that, that uh, you know, I uh, brought to the table. That's a really good point. And you mentioned something about humility. I think being able to, when you have failures or you do things and you mess up, not let those get into your mind and deter you from moving forward, looking at it and saying, hey, what did I do wrong and how can I fix this moving forward? Having humility is a huge piece of that. How I think there's a lot of people that make the mistake when they have the success that you had and they're the number one sales rep for a while and they build this big business. The first thing that goes is humility and remaining humble as a person. From your perspective, how important do you think that is when you're reaching the top and building those relationships and just overall being a good person and being a good role model? Yeah. Another great question. Um, you know, the, the many years that, that I won, I always gave back and gave acknowledgement to the people that got me there, um, to the physicians, you know, um, to the hospitals, um, you know, every, you know, almost every year that I won the, you know, one of the, the, the rep of the year or president's club, I always did something for all my accounts because Without them, I was unable to to get to where uh, I needed to be, and um, I let them all know that. I said, "Look, we're this is the team. As far as I'm concerned, you know, we're we're here together. We're working together from day one, um, and I'm I'm here to help you uh, get the best product possible, so you can provide the best patient care, and I've got." You know, I've got to do that where I can make my company that I'm that you know that I'm representing happy, and um, and and hit my numbers. And you've enabled me to do that, and and I appreciate that. And I couldn't have done this without you. I couldn't have done this, and I I I did that an ungodly amount of time. And ninety nine point nine percent of the time, that money came out of my pocket. I didn't expense it. Um, I could have, but it was, it was, it was me paying, paying them back for helping me get to where, um, I needed to be now with the changes in the healthcare, it's virtually, you can't do that. Uh, but you can still send cards and notes and stuff. But, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, by, by letting them know, keeping them in the know as to where, I, you know, where we were and, and how we were doing, uh, um, made it so much easier. And some of them really got on board, um, you know, to help, to do whatever they could to help us get, you know, I said, help us get to be number one, help us, help us get to be, you know, the best, uh, territory in, you know, in, in Johnson and Johnson. And so, um, I think that's like, you know, 
paying back, giving giving them the, the, the you know letting letting them know how much what they did did for me helped me and helped them because by bringing in once you once you elevate your territory to a certain level, then you start bringing in in our field in 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 the medical field. You start bringing in research. You start bringing in VPs and presidents and and grants and stuff. So that's another way that by by reaching higher higher levels, you, you were able to bring more resources to to your customers, which they absolutely appreciated, and. Um, um, loved that opportunity to, to have that. So, um, you know, I think that's the other thing too, is that because of our teamwork, I was able to provide them with a lot of resources that other people weren't able to bring because they hadn't had great teamwork like we did. So, um, I'd like to say one more thing about what you said about, um, the question about, when you don't win. Um, I think one of the best comments that I ever received was from a physician out of, out of the Ohio State University who said to me, he said, even when Abe loses a contract, he's the same person when he comes into the lab as when he was the winner of the contract. I mean, think about that. Um, that's what you try to strive to be, to be the same person. Now, believe me, it affected me <laughs> that I lost it, but I didn't want them to, to see that or to sense that for me and for, for Dr. Uh, Attar to say that. And he said that to a number of people, not only to myself, but to other people. I mean, you know, I don't like losing, but you have to accept the fact that in sales, you're not going to win everything. There's nobody out there that's going to win every deal that they get, or they're going to be able to, you know, um, um, hit their number all the time. So you're going to, you're going to have to be able to deal with, with, with not winning, uh, uh, deals. And the sooner you, you build on that, the fewer times you're going to have to do that. So him telling me that was, was, uh, I mean, I, I mean, you know, that's the kind that's, that's the kind of person I try to be the same person when I'm, when I'm on contract or receive the deal as the same person that I didn't get the deal or I got kicked off the contract. I'm just going to work just as hard being, being back for the next time. It goes back to treating everyone the same, which I think is something that my dad has always done very well is no matter who you are, what your status is, if you're a professional athlete or you're the person at Tim Hortons or he yep. goes to McDonald's every day and gets Diet Coke, he treats everyone the same. And I think that's something that a lot of people admire and I think is something that you comes innately to you, but it's something that you work on and you continue to do. And types of comments like that, it's like building relationships. And once you have that trust with someone, and it's not just, I personally think if you're a salesperson, you're you're selling in all areas of your life when it comes to business, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're in sales, no matter what you do for a living, I think just having that and just being a good person. And 
this is something that I wanted to ask my dad is that you see success start to define people. And once they hit a certain level, and this is something that I see a lot when it comes to making a lot of money and they start to change as a person. And I think my dad, no matter how much success he had, never changed who he was and never changed the person that he was. He was always still loyal and always very trustworthy for people out there listening what advice would you give to them on just being consistent and not letting success define who you are and remaining happy in the things that you have both in the workplace and outside of the workplace? Yeah, I think, again, you, you, it go, I think it goes back again to my training, uh, you know, at, with being in sports and, you know, any kind of sports team you're on or whatever. The people who who flaunt how good they are, they're not that they're not respected, okay, by by real people. They're not respected by their peers as much. But the people who've earned it and don't show it, right, don't flaunt it, um, are the ones that are that are that are respected and they're respected by everybody. I mean, you're going to have your few, you know, your couple people that you know that 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 like like that type of type of person but the majority of the people that flaunt what they have are not well liked not well respected remember we're sales reps and it's a close bond that we have and it's you don't you know people don't want to be associated with people like that if it's if there are people that want to be associated with that I always try to stay away from them because that's a bad influence on you. I really feel it's a bad influence because you're taking advantage uh, of things. And sooner or later, that's going to come back to haunt you. And I have an ungodly number of examples where that's happened to people. And in my career, I've seen it and I've stayed away from them. And when they fall, they fall hard. And it's, it's not pretty, Um, you know, and I've had people who I thought were, were respectful, were doing things the right way. And I helped them in their career, move up the the food chain. And then once they got to that level, they forgot who you were. They, they, they never even sent, sent me a thank you. I really appreciate you going out and saying, you know, nice words to this guy to help me get this promotion or whatever. They never did that. And you know what, Aaron, every one of those people that, that did that, that didn't pay, didn't weren't respectful or acknowledged the people that helped them get there every one of those people and there's four of them in my career all of them failed miserably at the next level so sooner or later if you if you have that attitude sooner or later it's going to come falling down on you and it's a very deep hole to climb out of and all four of those individuals to this day have never climbed out because they didn't have the support and they mistreated so many people along the way to get where they where they thought they wanted to be and they got there and then what happens they fail miserably and then um, they've got no no support 
all the people that were clingers onto them are gone. And the people who really believed in them and helped them get there, they shunned them and they're, and, and they're not there to help them get back up. So all four of those guys ended up um, with, with a horrible end to their careers. And, um, and not only in their, in, in their professional career, but also in their personal life. And, and I feel sorry for them because, you know, that's, that's not, that's not the way it should be. I mean, I, I, re- I, it's not the way it should be, but you know, you try to talk to them, you try to help them and they just, they don't get it. And that's, you know, that's, you know, but you'll find, you'll see those people. I mean, it took me a while, uh, to figure that out, but, um, believe me when they fall, if they fall hard and it's not, it's not a pretty thing. So, uh, please, those thousands of you listening to us, <laughs> do it the right way, uh, and and um, make sure that you stay humble. Make sure that you stay 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 true to all the people that helped you get from from point A to point B, point B to point C. Because uh, just keep adding those blocks, and and um, never forget those people. Um, because uh, sooner or later, if, if you don't do it right, um, you know, bad things could, could happen to you, to your career. So, And something we talk a lot about on this podcast is obviously being humble, hard work. And I'm sure you could tell throughout the last, you know, 40-ish minutes of this conversation, but my dad was someone that was extremely consistent. I definitely get the waking up early and the going to bed super early. He, it was like clockwork. He would go to bed at the same time. He would wake up at the time. He did pretty much the same thing every single day. And I know for him, consistency has paid off and he is a super hard worker, which is again, something that a lot of people admire for younger people that are getting into their career or maybe they're changing careers or trying to start their own business, what pieces of advice would you give for being consistent and doing the hard work, even when you might not see those results right away? I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, have the overnight, if I don't see it overnight, then it's not for me. Instead of just keep putting in the work, keep building those blocks, and one day it's all going to make sense and just really trusting that things will work out how they should. The thing, the thing you have to remember is if you, if you build it one block at a time and you're consistent with it and you don't vary from that, but you're willing to learn that maybe, Hey, I was doing it this way, but it's not, hasn't been successful. If I try this, this has seen, this has been, this has been successful to maybe one of your peers. Um, you know, I've learned a lot from, from very successful people and take something from them and add it to your, to your, to your repertoire. Then you can go ahead and, and, and get to that next stepping stone, that next block. But, um, again, you just, I, I, you have to be consistent. You have to work at it. I mean, the hours that I would spend, you know, you know, from like seven o'clock in the morning till midnight, one o'clock at night in the hospital, uh, helping with cases, um, scrubbing floors uh, because of short staffing, um, doing, you know, setting up trays, do everything that you might, that anybody else in the cath lab would do. I, I tried to become a part of that lab when I was in there. And, you know, um, 
to this day, people say, yeah, yeah, I remember you mopping the floors in between cases and, and throwing out the trash. You know, I'm there. I'm there to help. I'm there to, to learn. I'm there to, to be a part of the team and, what, and, and have them accept me as part of a team. And then we can, we can build on that uh, uh, down, down the road with the sales cycle. So that's, you know, I did all of that and I enjoyed it. I love the camaraderie. I mean, it's just unbelievable the nice conversations uh, that, that that you get, and so much information is found out in those conversations about what's going on in the hospital, what's going on in the lab, you know, uh, what the process is, what the buying process is. You know, you find out a lot about what your competitors are saying, what your competitors are doing. So, all of that plays into it, um, and you don't have to you you. you you know, you don't have to be come out and say, well, what's, well, you know, what did so-and-so, you know, give you for a price quote or whatever, you know, stuff like that. You know, I, I didn't, I really didn't like doing that. I still don't do that. Um, I just, you know, I, 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 I trust the process that I've built uh, over the years to work. And, and um, you know, even with this new company where, you know, it's, it's a much longer sales cycle than I've ever I've ever had to deal with. Um, it's been those same principles are working, and as long as I stick to that, uh, I'm sure I'll be successful. As long as I want to continue to work. As my dad had mentioned a little bit earlier too, one question for you is overcoming adversity when you left your job at Johnson and Johnson in unfortunate events and moved over to Medtronic. That was a point in your life where wasn't expected. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who maybe in 2020 went through a complete career change, or maybe they were furloughed from their job or let go. How would you advise people going through those times of just, this is not something that I expected, but again, trusting that What's meant to happen is going to happen and remaining positive and optimistic. For those of you that know my dad personally, I know there's a lot of you listening, know that he's an extremely positive, optimistic, upbeat person. So during that time, what advice would you give for people that are going, that have gone through that before or currently going through it right now? I think that, yeah, I mean, that was a very difficult time. Uh, Again, you know, I'm in a position where I've got uh, a wife and I've got three kids that are in, you know, that are still in middle school and, and I'm the primary breadwinner and, you know, six months, about six months prior to, uh, to that uh, phone call, um, you know, I was staying on stage as, as the, the rep of the year and, and uh, you know, um, got a, a huge award for the total number of sales, uh, first of its kind in the history of Johnson and Johnson. And then six months later, I'm said, well, we decided to get out of the business and and your position is gone. And believe me, it was not, it was not a good feeling. But again, I believed in myself. I believed in in the way that I built that that territory with Johnson & Johnson. And um, my, my reputation in the market my reputation in that in that field gave me multiple opportunities within within an hour, an hour and a half of that of the news hitting. I actually had a competitor, 
of mine who called me to tell me that he was sorry that I had lost my job. And um, I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, I just heard the Johnson and Johnson's getting rid of the whole quarters corporation group. Weren't you on the call? I said, no, I'm, uh, I'm in route to drop off a contract to a customer. He said, you better, you better call. So yeah. So again, I think because I did things the right way, because I treated everybody with respect when you needed it the most, when you were down in the dumps, I got, I got paid back for all of those years of doing things the right way. And I had a couple, multiple opportunities to, to further my career, not uproot my family uh, and, and take them away from their friends and, and, continue to do what I love to do, which is work with people, meet people and, and help them um, make a better outcome for, for patients who are in the hospital. So um, it all goes back to the other question about, you know, again, I did it the right way. Uh, I treated everybody with respect. I treated everybody fairly and, um, when I needed them to, to help me pick myself up, um, they were there for me and they were there. And, um, you know, like I said, it was, it was, it was, it was really, really reassuring to me because I was probably down in the down as much as I had been, um, since my first wife died. Uh, I mean, I was just like, it was just completely devastated by that. And, um, so when, when, you know, when, when you hit the lowest of lows, that's when, that's when, when you do things right, those people are going to come there to help pick you up. And they did. And, um, within, within hours, I had phone calls, uh, within a couple days, I had interviews set up. And within five days, I knew I was going to continue, continue in that career and, and move on. So it was a whole different atmosphere than what I had when I got, you know, let go rift with the school system in, in Jackson, in Maslin Jackson, because, you know, I, I was depressed. I was, I was, you know, not happy about that, but. I knew there was something better for me out there. And again, it was those relationships that I had built in my edu my two year teaching uh, career that helped me get into medical sales. Reputations are built over time. And this is something that my manager now has been guiding us a lot on. And even something I talk to my coworkers all the time about is just being a good person. And a lot of people want that instant gratification or that instant reward for that. And it comes back when you do the right thing over and over and over and over again, and you're just a genuine good person. People recognize that and they want to help you. It's when you're doing the opposite of that, that you see things start to crumble or you're not having those people reach out or people don't have your back. And so I just think it's super important. And obviously this is something that my dad's touched on a lot is just keep doing good things. And when 
bad or unfortunate events happen in, in your life, the people around you that care for you and that you've treated right will come back and help you. And this is something that Nick Sunderman talked about on his episode too, was the power of a reputation. He's like, you can build your whole reputation. And if you make one bad decision, that reputation is gone. And it could take a lifetime to build that up. So it's not even worth that one decision of lying to a customer or taking money from someone or whatever that decision is. It just, it always comes back to bite you. And I think that's something that, you know, my dad never did, which has created the la the lasting success that he's had and all of the really good relationships that he's had in his life. Another question for you is finding balance with a career and having a family. We were all very close in age and very high energy individuals. My sister that was just on, and then I have a younger brother. So for people out there who are very career oriented or really putting in those hours now in their career, what advice were you give them for finding balance and how did balance over the years change for you when you were in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and so on? So yeah, I, uh, another great question because when I first started my career, um, I didn't have children and I, I worked an ungodly number of hours, like I said. And then once we started to have children, once we had, you know, Olivia and then you, Aaron, and then Mason, it changed. And, but I would still work a lot of hours, but I would work earlier in the mornings and I would, I would, I would try and work it out so that uh, I was always there in time to be home for dinner, or if not, in time for bedtime. But that's that's a very very tough thing to do. I mean, and I don't think I think I did an okay job. I, I I'm not sure I probably did uh, the best job because more times than not, I. I was more concerned about getting, making sure I hit that number because of, of uh, the finances for the family. And, but it, it's a, it's a very fine line. I mean, it's a tough line. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if there's anybody out there that's, that can say that, that, that they've got, they've been able to do the perfect mix and, and, and uh, with that. But fortunately, I had a really good support in your mom, and she helped out. She understood, and um, we had fr other friends and family that would help out, and uh, in, in, at those times, because you know it's pretty tough raising three kids under the age of what four. Uh, so it, it, it's not easy, and there's a lot that takes place and stuff like that. So. You know, we we relied on family and friends to help us, which did, which they did. Um, but I I I think that that it's such a tough tough situation. And and if you err, you want to err for the family over the job. I think that's the one thing I learned from 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 that. Um, but um, hopefully that you know. Um, Others out there will, will will be able to handle it maybe a little bit better than than what I did at times. But uh, I never miss. I tr I never try to miss uh, sporting events or or stuff at the at the school programs, at the school and things like that. 
Um, but you know, there were other times maybe I, sh you know, I should have been there for, for practice or been there for dinner and, and wasn't able to do it. So, um, but I, again, it's, it's a fine line, but, um, um, I, there, there's some times I wish I would have done some things differently. So it's tough people. I, I get it. I mean, I've been there three kids. I mean, the, I can't imagine, you know, I have a friend of mine who's got six kids and uh, I just, I cannot imagine how he's able to do his job and, and do achieve the things that he's done um, and still spend as much time as he does with his family. So it's hard finding yeah. balance and it, it, it's, it is. And, and it's something you've got to constantly work at and you got to have good support. You got to have a good spouse you got to have a good family that there to help you. Uh, we did have, um, you know, when your grandparents were, were, were both were both alive, they helped out a lot. Uh, so they took some of the pressure off of us. Um, and we lived next door. We had the neighbor next door that, that helped out a lot. So which which enabled me to do some things that I was used to doing and spending some extra time getting that extra things sold or the getting this done, getting that done. So, um, going out to dinner with these customers, you know, instead of having dinner with my family, I, you know, I tried not to do that very often, but there's just certain times that you just can't, you've got to do that. And most of the time the customers understood. So, um, but there are other times it's, you know, you, you know, go to this meeting, go to that meeting, you know, um, and, and, and stuff. So it, it, it's tough. It's, it, uh, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't think, I think I did a, a, a good job. I don't think I did a great job, but, um, I think it's something that every one of us who have, who have children, have a wife, have, uh, have a spouse who have children. Uh, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Something that we all have to work on. Even for me, I know I try to balance a lot of things. I'm at work, I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing yoga. And I've noticed, you know, other areas of my life falter or I don't put as much, as much emphasis on it just because my eggs are in one basket. So I think finding overall balance is something that I don't know if I'll ever achieve, or I don't know if it's something that will ever be perfect in a lot of people's eyes, but it's just something to be conscious of and understand and just having respect and you know loyalty to those people around you. So as we begin to wrap up this conversation, I always like to ask my guest to leave the audience with two or three pieces of advice that you feel have changed your life, pieces of advice that you've gotten, whether that's career, whether that's relationship, whether that's for sports, whatever it is, just two or three pieces of advice that you want to leave the audience with. Yeah, I think... Never, ever overlook anybody that you come in contact with. Um, and there's, I, I'm going to give you an example. Um, there's a lady at a parking garage in Cincinnati, Ohio, Christ Hospital, who every time I went in there, I talked very nice. We had a great conversation and everything. Come to find out about six months, nine months after, you know, I first met her in multiple trips into the hospital here her husband is one of the key decision makers at the hospital uh in an area that that i'm calling on i never knew i only knew her first name i only knew her as becky i, ne I never knew her last name and she never mentioned her husband 
uh, to me and what he what he did. So we're in this one, we're in this in this meeting, and and this guy and this and this guy says to me, he says, "Well, you know my wife really well." And I says, "Oh, who's that?" And he said, "Becky." I said, "Becky." In, that's there in the ticket booth at the at the parking garage, and he said, "Yeah." He says, "She says that you and her talk all the time." I says, "Oh, we have a great time." <laughs> so here, I never knew that. I, she never told me. I never asked. I always ask her how she was doing, how her family was doing, but I didn't say what's your husband do, or whatever. But so, but I always treated her with respect, and and it paid back. He says, "I'm very appreciative that you've done." And they, they, that you talked to her. He says, you would not believe how many people come in there, don't say anything, or are very rude to her. And I said, I don't try to be rude to anybody. Um, even Michigan fans, I t- don't try to be rude to. <laughs> but, but the fact that, that you, you always try to be positive with everybody you come in contact with, um, from the moment you leave your house to the moment you get back home, you have to be real. Don't be fake. I think that's the next thing. You gotta be. You gotta be yourself. People can read fakeness right away. All right. And, and, and then the other thing is, is don't be afraid to fail. But when you do fail, figure out what it was that caused it, and and you and build and, and add whatever that was to to your routine to, to make you a better person. Don't look at it as something that's not a positive uh, teaching experience or learning experience for you, but turn it into a positive, okay? I didn't get this, but here are the reasons why. And do, and, and, and be, and, and just don't, I mean, you know, when your manager sits down with you and says, okay, you didn't get, the, you didn't get this number, why didn't you get this number this quarter? If you sit down with him or her and you tell them this is why and you have it documented uh, and that, it, again, it shows him or her that you know what you're doing and that you're really on top of it and that you're trying to and you're doing the right things. And sooner or later, you're going to get over that hump. And once you get over that hump, um, it just continues to to build and just add another block and just keep adding those building blocks to your career. And, um, you know, I love what I do. Um, I've been offered many times to go into management, but I, I don't, I want I, I would miss the daily conversations with multiple people and, you know, where you're in an office all day. So I've never, I've never felt any interest whatsoever to go into uh, into management. So stay true to your, but if that's your, if, but if, if that's your goal, um, you know, remember once you get there, how you got there. All right. And remember the people that helped you get there because, uh, that's going to, they're going to help you get to your next, next block. So how's that? That is great advice. And our final question that we ask everyone on the podcast, or I ask everyone on the podcast is, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful for my three children. I'm grateful for my wife. And I'm grateful for the fact that I have the opportunity to to do the things that, that I want to do 
at this point in my career because of, of what I've done earlier in my career. So um, also with uh, Archie and, and, uh, and Scarlett too. <laughs> yeah, we got our two puppies and my dad is obsessed with them. So they are very cute. They might They're be in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably heard one of them barking during the episode. I am grateful for, as always, my friends, my family, and my health. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope everyone has a fabulous Christmas and I will be back for a solo episode to wrap up December. So thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you all next week.